Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2016. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page 86, the second paragraph. Today's readers are Charlene G. on the 12 Traditions, Anita L. on the 12, I mean, I'm sorry, 12 Steps, Anita L. on the 12 Traditions, and then the readers of the text are James C., Martha Z., and Celia H. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Charlene G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Charlene G. from Idaho. Here are the 12 steps. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs past. Thank you, Charlene. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L., from Philadelphia area, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anita L. And let me uh, just share the reference number from Monday, August 1, was 8964. That's 8964. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 86, paragraph two. I will ask James C. to begin reading. James, press star one to unmute. Good morning, Katie. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank you for everybody on the line. Um, good morning. Upon awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties as um, with, with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when, when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. This is James C. from Ohio, and I just want to take this opportunity to speak to this paragraph and um, 
just just uh, just a phenomenal beginning of the day, just a, of, of an, an excellent point of view when we're taking the beginning and thinking about the ending. And obviously, this whole process also allows us to take the end and think about the beginning, how successful we were. But more importantly, what I love about this is that, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, but, you know, as I think, so I am. And I know that what put me into this problem or into my disease of compulsive overeating was the way I was thinking. I had a thinking, living problem, and it was alive and well inside of me. See, I used to be ruled by my thoughts, my discontentment, my dishonesty. And, you know, this is, <laughs> this is interesting because, you know, I, I, you know I, I love what it says here. It says, it says, under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties. You know, to think about the fact that you can employ your thoughts when my thoughts were were chasing me, were ruling me, were telling me what I what I was, and you know everybody else's thinking and opinion of me ruled me, told me what I was and how I should feel, and the reality of it, the battle was really in my own mind. And for the first time, this process gives me a standpoint or a stance to say I can employ my mental faculties. This is a phenomenal thought, and it's a phenomenal positioning where the rulership or the authority of God in your life, in your thinking, you know, rather than us bringing all the rhetoric to God and, and being, un, you know, being controlled by, 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 by the experiences that we have, for the first time we have now a council of, of a conference room. Right? Yeah, it's in our head, it's in our experiences, it's in our prayers, it's in our it's in the beginning of our day, but we have a conference room to come to where God can now give us instruction for the beginning of our day. And now our brains are, are being used at service as they really ought to be used for. And that's being at, um, at a higher level of thinking that we would be cleared, cleared, not necessarily perfect, but we would be cleared of wrong motives. And I, I, I can tell you that so often for me, it's, it has never been about how good I can be or how wonderful or how disciplined I could be that ever satisfied me. It was when the motives lined up with the action. And when my motives line up with the action, I, start, I begin to experience not only a God experience or spiritual experience, but experience of joy. But for the first time, the motive, the reason for doing what I'm doing is, is in line and succession with why I'm doing it. And I, that is a beautiful dance. It's a beautiful song for the morning. It's a beautiful beginning for the day. And I, and I say that to anyone on this call, you can have it even better than I'm even describing it. And you can have exactly what, these, what this book says in terms of its promises. This is James C. from Ohio. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, James. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Charles Yes. Okay. Okay, let me just um I wrote part of everybody's name. So I've got Bella G, Charles H, Nessa R, uh Tina Tina, Reva P and Larry K. Anyone else wanna join in there? Okay, let's go with the paragraph. Okay, we're on the second paragraph on page 86, on awakening. Okay, Bella, then Charles. 
Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Let us think, and then we ask God to direct our thinking. Yes, you know, before the program, I had a wrong thinking, a, a wrong way of thinking, and I believed it. I I was thinking the people are my enemies. I was thinking that I cannot give nothing to the to the society. I believe that I am the only one that you know the self pity, and I believed in all those way of thinking because my thinking was directed by my ego, and you know I was convinced that one day. I can be perfect, and this was my goal, my thinking that directed me wrong to be one day uh, perfect. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore, and today, by leaving the steps one day at, one day at a time, I change my thinking. I change my thinking, and today, thank you, God, I am, the, I am connected to a loving, accepting power that I call him God. And I know and I feel that God loves me and accepts me. And yes, I am not perfect, and I will, I will not be never perfect, and nobody else is perfect. And today I, got, I ask God to direct my thinking and to think that, you know, I have to give over the message of God and not my own message. Today, thank you, God, I ask God to direct my thinking not to be self-pity and not to be in a war and not to be jealous and not to be angry. How? When I ask God to direct my thinking, what I can give to the society, what I can help to the society, and also what people can help me because I don't know everything. And yes, I ask God to direct me to the right people, to the right opportunities to learn, to learn, to, you know, to know different things. And I ask God, please help me to think that I don't have the power anymore and I, I am not anymore the driver. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Bella. Charles H., you're up, and then Nessa R. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Can you hear me clearly now? I can. Perfect. Thank you. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. And I want to swoop down, drill down right here where it says, before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking. Hmm. Wow, sounds like more evidence of, of that third step and that seventh step together align with that 11th step because remember the third step I turn my will over to, to the care of God as I understand God and I'm humbly asking him to, to, to remove my shortcomings by improving my conscious contact with God right um, they, they're very much connected um, and I heard on this line uh, previously that's why I love the people and, and, and their visions on this line that prayer without action is begging you know, this chapter is called into action, and, and my, my thinking is twisted. My best thinking got me here on the line. My best thinking, right, like 
like, like before I turned my life over to the care of God and I understood, I got up out of the bed and I was up and running. Now the book is telling me on awakening, before I even begin, let me pray. The 11th step in the AA 12 and 12 says the first fruits of, 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 of prayer and meditation is emotional balance. That's what I need. My thinking is twisted. It's off. I'll give you an example. You know, yesterday I was in self-will. You know, I worked the night before. I dubbed a lot of my sponsee calls because it was about me. I was tired. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I'm the type of guy right now that I want to, I want to, um, I want to work my brain out, man. I want my brain. I can't be doing too much cardio with my brain, man. I need to lift, my brain needs to do some spiritual lifting. And yesterday it was, it was full of extra skin because I, dub, I didn't, I dubbed my responsibilities. And on a, I, I dealt with some of that stuff last night and this morning. You know, I made, I wanted to make amends, and I'm making amends. I'm making a clear declaration to my sponsees that, that I'm available. Yesterday I fell short. But that's why I need this thinking to be cleared on a daily basis. And I thank you, God, for waking me up and waking my brothers and sisters up as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Charles H. And now we have Nesta R., followed by Tina, I think, C., Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. On awakening, we consider our plans for the day. They are my plans, um, and I have uh, very, very busy days. I, work, I wake up very early in the morning to, uh, try to try to ensure that I get everything done that I need to get done, including uh, my program work, my workout, this meeting, talking to sponsees, etc. But it doesn't end there. It says... We have got to direct our thinking, um, you know, that it be clear of um, uh, self-pity, selfish, dishonest, self-seeking motives, because um, they're my plans for the day, but this is not my day. It is God's day, and I need to remember that. And when I remember that, I, um, you know, I ask God, you know, help me adjust to the curbs you throw to my day because I have my plans, but your plans might be different, and it's your plans that count, not mine. You know, I am here now in a recovered state to do your will and not my will, and I know that when I skip this morning meditation, I'm not well prepared to adjust to the changes in the day, you know. Uh, Any changes that happen, I consider to be an inconvenience. But when I'm well grounded on the fact that, yeah, they're my plans, but it's, it's God's day, then whatever God sends my way, it's not an inconvenience. It's a way to serve God. It's a way to serve my fellows. And, um, you know, it does, sometimes it doesn't even matter if my motives are, 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 are not wrong, if they're good motives, they're lofty motives, you know, motives that involve helping others. But if they are not uh, God's will, then they are wrong motives. Um, and, you know, now that um, I'm living in steps 10, 11, and 12, the whole aim, the whole focus of my existence is to align my will with His and to do His bidding in this world. So it doesn't really matter what, what I want. Um, you know, I have my plans and I structure my day around it, but I need the flexibility to see, 
Okay, God, what do you want from me now? It's not what I want, it's what you want. It's not what I need, it's what's needed from me at this moment. Even if it means changing my routine, even if it means deviating from my plans, um, and to do so, you know, with a happy countenance, you know, with joy and with the knowledge that I am doing the right thing, I'm doing what's expected of me. So to me, this, this part of the morning meditation is so critical. It's so critical because it sets the tone for my day. It sets the tone for my thinking about my day. Uh, and it puts me on a footing um, of recovery, of aligning my will with God. And that's what this is all about. And I pass. Thank you so much, Nessa. Tina, you're up, followed by Reva P., then Larry K. Thanks, Katie. Tina S., compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, some really good stuff here. Uh, you know, I like that it talks about on awakening, you know, and over the years I've interpreted that in many different ways. And, you know, ultimately when I really look at this stuff as directions, then I can, you know, because the results I got of doing it when I thought I was awake, you know, after a cup of coffee, after I got my workout done, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, that certainly didn't work as well as when I become conscious in the mornings. And, um, you know, I like what was shared and Charles, I don't mean to cross talk, but, you know, I can come up with some crazy stuff if I wait till after I have a cup of coffee in the morning. I mean, that's just the truth. My mind gets going, I think, sometimes before I get conscious. And, um, you know, the good news for me is is that this is some prayer and meditation. And, and you know, not, and, and it says, before I begin, you know, I ask God. And that's the prayer. You know, I ask him to um, divorce myself of you know, self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. And, and then I listen, you know, I meditate for the direction. And I, and I like what it talks about because, you know, by, by, by the time I get to this part of the book, this part of the work, you know, I can start to trust and employ my mental faculties. You know, I, I can, you know, and it's not always going to be great, you know, and it tells me that also. But, you know, I can start the practice of it, practice, practice, practice. And, and, and here, you know, in this part, I am practicing aligning my will with God's will, you know, and, and one day at a time. You know, it talks about 24 hours. It doesn't tell me 48, you know, 72 or a week later or a month. It tells me, you know, for the next 24 hours, you know. And, and I get the opportunity to be of maximum service. And, and you know, and when I got into recovery, I didn't have a purpose for my life. And today that is my purpose, you know, to be of maximum service to God and to those about me. And I have that opportunity if I, if I do this stuff. And when I do it in the mornings, when I awaken, I mean, I get a great result. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And now Reva P. followed by Larry Kay. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, um, this paragraph reminds me that what I'm doing now at this point in step 11 is I'm talking and I'm listening. Um, and I'm talking and I'm listening, which means I'm communicating with a higher power because I'm starting to have access to a power greater than my, myself and develop this relationship so that I get inspired. Um, so for me, um, I learned early on that I can't do certain step work one day and expect to do nothing the next day and get the same results. So it's like I've got this 24-hour battery, and just like my uh, cell phone, I've got to charge the battery when the battery gets to zero. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Well, my life doesn't work if I don't recharge the battery every 24 hours. I can't get away with 
28 hours, 48 hours. It just does not work. And the thing that really strikes me almost with a sense of humor is the business of on awakening. Because when I first started practicing this, I would do this maybe a couple of hours after I was up. Because, you know, I'm busy. I've got my mental list. I've got my written list. And um, I love how it says before we begin, because it's almost like I can envision myself and track and feel like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go with my day because what is the wrong motive? The divorced, something that I used to love, means I'm separated from what I used to love. I loved those wrong motives. I loved doing what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted. Thank you very much, God. Can you just help me out here and there? Um, and you know what? It stopped working and the food got worse and worse and worse. So before I begin, before I start telling God my plans, and could he please help me with my plans, I have to stop and remind myself, um, like it was shared before, this is God's day, and I ask, I ask, you direct my thoughts, you direct my actions, um, because it doesn't work anymore uh, when I get my own way, even if I'm abstinent. I'm just miserable, restless, irritable, and discontent. Um, so thank you, God. It's so simple. It doesn't have to take half an hour, read the paragraph, do what it says, and then my day works so much better. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Larry Kay, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more people. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsible Reader from, uh, from Chicago. Um, I'm setting my timer here. Okay, the uh, you know what I read in here is you know it, you know since I first since I'm human, my motives obviously can become skewed. You know, and, it, and it's not that I don't occasionally have good intentions. I do. I, I have good intentions towards you, oftentimes, but rather it's that my intentions are guided by my intellect, my own conceptions. They're driven by, by self-will, you know, and, and that's, that's, the, that's the thing that's problematic for a guy like me. And, you know, what's involved is pride, and, and pride is uh, an inwardly directed emotion that has two, um, you know, antithetical meanings, two, two diametrically opposed meanings. meanings. And, and when I, you know, for example, when I, when I look, you know, at my daughter with pride, you know, for the lovely young woman that she is and she's becoming, that, that's, you know, anyone listening to me and I know in my heart, that's a God-centered pride. That's, that's most certainly a, uh, a God-centered pride. But there's a, you know, with the negative connotation of pride, that refers to, you know, this, you know, to a foolishly and irrationally kind of corrupt sense of, of one's personal values you know, our, our status or our accomplishments, you know, uh, getting kind of big for my britches here. It's that type of pride. And see, that pride is not divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. That pride, we often hear it called false pride. And one thing's for certain, my thought life is most certainly not on a higher plane when I'm engaged in that type of pride. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I can tell you, you know, for me, that thinking will ensure that before you know it, you know, I'm eating milk duds and Kit Kats and, and ice cream and pizza. You know, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line for me. Because, so when I, when I wake up this morning, now, 
when I wake up in the, in the morning and, and there's, there's one or two people on this line, I've prayed with them, you know, and I'm not a religious person, which is kind of weird coming to this program and, you know, my prayer life. And I'll pray and I'll, I'll, I'll ask this God that I don't even understand this God, you know, but I'll, I'll ask God to divorce me from self-pity, dishonest and self-seeking motives. And I'll put it in my own words, you know, God, just guide me, guide me as, you know, guide me as you would have me be. And, and help me to do your will. You know, thy will, not mine, be done. Now, those are the words. And if, so, if those words, um, you know, make someone cringe as they did me, because it's, that's pride. That was pride for me. I didn't want God. One, I don't even know if a God exists. Two, I've got this thing. I've got my intellect. I've accomplished some things in my time. I'm not going to be a sucker. And, you know, there's my time, but I'll just say that it's okay. I'll, I'll be a sucker today. If, if, I, if I'm driven by God, this God of my understanding, I'll be that person. My life works much better today. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to share on this um, paragraph? Kathy K. Kathy K. Janice M. Janice M. Penny C. Penny C. Anita okay. L. Anita L. Natalie M. Natalie M. Sue G. Sue G. What a pleasant group we have this morning, just waiting their turn. Okay, well, that's another six, so let's go with those. And, um... I'll jump in at the end if there's time. ADF. Okay, go ahead, please, Kathy Kay, followed by Janice M. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is Kathy Kay, recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. And you know what I thought of as everyone was talking uh, was an experience I had uh, last Saturday um, after starting my day, as I always do now with quiet prayer and meditation. I was out doing errands, had a very full day planned, and um, I was uh, hit by a car in a parking lot. And, you know, I look back on what happened after that um, and how differently I responded um, Uh, than I would have before I got recovered and learned how to partner with my higher power. I was patient. Um, I immediately asked God to remove my resentment and self-pity, and I followed his will. And I won't tell you all the details of the story, but it it unfolded so easily um, with kindness and patience and my car is being um, repaired today by the other person's insurance company because he was he owned that he was at fault. And I just look back on how I walked through that experience and what I would have been like before recovery in contrast to how I was this time. Um, it's as if... Um, Well, it is that God has given me uh, new responses and new ways of thinking which enable me to walk through any inconvenience 
of this kind with grace. Um, and I know that when I first started practicing morning prayer and meditation, I did it because I was instructed to do so, not because I wanted to or because I was having uh, a white light experience or a spiritual experience. Um, I did it because it was asked of me in this book, and I must say that um, I now see how I have been transformed and how I'm able to handle situations that come before me that were not at all part of my plan for the day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Janice M., you're up, followed by Penny C. Well, good morning to you, Katie, and everyone online. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Boy, what a change from when I was in disease. I used to wake up and say, okay, now get me the donuts. Today, I wake up, and the first thing I do when I open my eyes, I say, I arise, oh God, I call my higher power God, I arise, oh God, to do thy will. Then I get up. And, but, you know, it says, upon awakening, I begin. And that doesn't mean after I shower, after I get in the car, go to work if I work, or go do what I have to do. It's upon awakening. So this is a preview. I do this, to, it's a preview of my day, whereas at night when I retired, it was a review of my day. So my day now, because I'm in the sixth sense, is that I'm being guided, not by Janice, or what I want, or what I gotta do, I'm gonna ask my higher power to give me, a, to clear my mental, to, to clear my mind of negativity, you know, to give me that spiritual vision of how I'm going to act today, you know, because how I act is going to be how I think, and I need guidance. I cannot, I cannot guide my own thinking. I have to have a higher power do that. So the first, you know, what the my 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 uh, pattern is, you know. Um, I thank God that I'm alive in the morning. I thank God. I do some thanking first, you know. I thank God that I, I, I had a wonderful sleep. You know, then I ask him, you know, for this day, for this day for guidance, to help me to become more thoughtful, uh, to become more generous and kind, you know. Uh, this is what I do because he's got to direct my thinking. And when his light, <clears throat> when my higher power's light comes, comes in, you know, um, then, and then I'm unblocked, then I can, you know, have those thoughts that, that he provides for me when I become unblocked. You know, I ask him to be, for me to be sensitive, you know, certain things that I need so that I can be more pleasant and I don't harm anyone today, that thy will be done. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I get guidance that, you know, today's a new day and he's going to give me exactly what I need. I'm going to be, I ask him to be divorced. <clears throat> what does that mean? I want, you know, separation from, um, from self-pity, the things that block me, um, dishonest and self-seeking, so that he can come in and be my guide and carry that light for the day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Penny C., you're up, followed by Anita L., 
I was unmuting. Did you call on me, Katie? Yes, Penny, you're up. Then Anita L. Thank you. This is Penny C. Covered compulsive overeater from the Boston area, and uh, I I just love this paragraph. When I first read this um, in a group many years ago, I typed it up and and I have copies in various books that I have just to remind me. And um, on awakening, my my um, routine is uh, like like Janice said, I I roll over onto my knees on the floor and I and I say a prayer that my my dear Aunt Blanche who um was in her nineties, ninety six when she died, um, said every day of her life and I it's very short and and I just say, you know, good morning God, this day is for you. I ask you to bless all I think, say and do. And then I take care of my personal needs but I need to I need to say that prayer and think about what I'm saying, especially this uh, self pity. Oh, that my my thinking, my motives be divorced from self pity. Self pity is is what I what I thrived on all the time before I got to uh, OA, and 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 I I. I knew I deserved to be able to feel sorry for myself. I used to, I can remember yelling, I have every right to feel sorry for myself. And, and today, um, I, that's the thing I pray for most. God, please don't let me get into that pit. You know, I know that the closer I move to my higher power, the farther I am from that deep pit of self-pity. And when I'm into that self-pity, no one or nothing else is important to me. It's just, you know, let me just wallow in feeling sorry for myself. Um, oh, my goodness. I, it's the worst, the worst um, psychological place I could ever be. It makes me shudder just to think of how easily I can get into that frame of mind. So the only thing I know that's going to save me from that is to keep as close, as close to my higher power God as I possibly can today. And it starts off saying that prayer and then listening, listening to a vision for you and, and listening for how, how I can get closer to God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Penny. And uh, now we'll have Anita L. followed by Natalie M. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you great. Okay, great. Let me just set this. Um, Hi, I'm Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. And what brought to my mind was uh, that I, my whole life, have been self-centered. That's what got me here, because I wanted what I wanted. I wanted the food right now. And so after working these 12 steps, what I've learned is that I need to be God-centered and to carry the message. And I... um you know, I'm conscious of the steps in the traditions, maybe because 
this past couple of years, I've been reading the steps and traditions in the morning and the beginning of the meeting. And um, so I just turned back to the steps. And, you know, uh, step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Sanity. So my thinking is insane if I don't write it with God's purpose for me, um, which is uh, now that I'm recovered, to carry the message and help others. Um, also, let's see. What, what was well, then when I look at the traditions, tradition five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. So um, I need to carry the message of recovery to others who are still out there back into the food as I was. Again, thank you, God, I'm back in recovery again. And um, it's such a wonderful feeling to get out of self. And whenever I help somebody else, I always feel like a million dollars afterwards. I have no thought of wanting to take that first bite. And so I do have a purpose. I have a purpose that will help not only the other person because I've been educated through working the 12 steps, but I have a purpose that helps to sustain my abstinence and my recovery and way of living, new way of living, being transformed. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita L. Now we'll have Natalie M. followed by Sue G. Press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Natalie M. Um, hi. This is my first time on this meeting, so I hope I don't break any of the rules. Um, I'm, uh, uh, I've been in relapse for a while, and so I'm just now coming back into OA. And I really appreciate this uh, focus on the morning, you know, what to do in the morning. Um, because I'd forgotten that step or that part of the process. So um, I don't have anything good to contribute really at this point. So I just wanted to say thank you. And if y'all weren't here, my day would definitely be worse. So uh, pass. Okay, thank you, Natalie. And um, now we'll have Sue G. Good morning, everyone. This is Sue G from Michigan. So many things are going around in my mind, so many things that if I allow myself, I can start thinking, oh, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right yet. I'm not doing upon awakening right. Um, I, <laughs> my brain doesn't function right away when I get up in the morning. Uh, it hasn't for years. And I do a serenity prayer before I get up and brush my teeth. I ask God to take my day. And that's about the most I can get out uh, and get ready for this meeting if I'm going to be on time for the meeting. Um, I honestly don't do my upon awakening until just before the meeting. Um, I'm still in my pajamas, but I'm alert. And I do the upon awakening then. I also do my 11-step review 
then also besides the little notes I take at night. I'm just not a morning person, but I'm not a night person either. When I'm out, I'm out. And I usually am out by 9 o'clock. So. Um, and I spend evening time with my husband. So that being excuses, maybe, um, that's my reasoning. It's what I'm using for my reasoning right now. I can't wait until, you know, I'm kind of new at this upon awakening. I've been in program for a long time, but didn't know really... I was never told in specifically how to do it. We just read it and like, oh, okay, and went on to step 12. And I have to stay away from self-seeking. I have to stay away from self-pity. I am a, I'm a born warrior. I'm sure I must have been born that way. Um, and those of you that have talked to me probably recognize that in me that that worries uh, and fear are my my uh, biggest uh, defects of character, my ones I have to look out for during the day the most. And boy, if I sit on that pity pot for very long, um, I'm not going to make any outreach calls. I'm not going to, even if someone helps me, I'm not going to want to turn around and reach someone else. Uh, it's getting better. And progress, not perfection, I guess. Um, but these meetings mean a lot to me. I'm learning. I really appreciate step 10 and 11 as, as we've gone through them. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue G. And I'm going to share, but first um, we, have a, we have time for uh, two or three more after me. Anyone would like to? Leah M. I'd love to talk. Okay, Leah M., and I heard a couple of other voices. Mary? Get an in- oh, Mary, okay. Me? Yes, I can. Okay, Thanks. Mary. Okay, so Leah and Mary, anyone else? Dawn D. Dawn D? Yes. Okay, Dawn D. Okay, so I'm just going to share for a minute or two here. Um, my name is Katie F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And as so many people have shared, you know, we don't all do this exactly by rote the way this is written. But the word that's been striking me this morning is divorced. Asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. And I happen to be in the profession, um, I'm a uh, office administrator for a law firm, and our only uh, practice area is domestic, which means divorce. And, um, <clears throat> you know, people get divorced, and you'd love to just walk away and never see that person again. But if you have children, you can't live that way. You're divorced from them. You don't have that intimate relationship with your former spouse, but you have to coexist with that person if you want to have a functional life for your children and not ruin their lives. And so I just think it's interesting that they put this word in here because self-pity is most surely going to be in our lives, whether it's our own self-pity or we see it in someone else dishonest or self-seeking motives. I mean, so many times when I review my motives, it's like, you know, I want everything to go my way so I can, you know, just have an easy day. It's not, it's not so much that I'm just so um, overly concerned about that person. It's because I want to be comfortable. I want to just have, um, 
you know, nothing bother me and to, you know, be able to work or drive or shop or whatever I'm doing that day without any uh, problems. And so I just, um, you know, every day I have an opportunity because I have a very structured life. I mean, it's not this big debate. What am I going to do when I get up this morning? You know, I have three or four or five sponsees that are going to be calling me. I call my sponsor. I go to work. I have children. I have a husband. I have a dog and two cats. And, you know, there's not much time in there to, you know, long hours of, well, now what am I going to do? So it's not about the actual activities of my day. It's the attitude I'm going to bring into those activities. And am I going to be a grouch and a brainstorm, or am I going to be loving and kind and tolerant? And that's what I have to pray for every day. That's what I have to ask for. And some of it's when I first wake up, some of it's, you know, along the morning, and some of it's on my drive to work. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. So now we have Leah M. followed by Mary. Thank you so much. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking. You know, I'm so grateful uh, for these tools for living, uh, which I did not have before I was introduced to this program of recovery. Um, You know, we all take time for physical preparation. You know, we wake up, we brush our teeth, we use the bathroom, we shower, you know, we, you know, apply makeup, et cetera, taking time for the physical. This reminds me I need to take time for the spiritual, this spiritual preparation for God to direct my thinking, I mean, and make that conscious contact, which is the whole purpose of the program. The point of all this is to take my thinking to a different level, because most of the time, uh, you know, you can only coast downhill. If, if I don't have this practice of making conscious contact so that God can direct my thinking, then, you know, my my mind kind of drifts into what is like an autopilot. You know, if you're a typical human being, you get up and you wake up with the same worries every morning. The alarm goes off and you think money or kids or, you know, the car needs to be fixed and the negativity starts. Um, but, you know, what if I have a tool like prayer and meditation that allows me to uh, have focus in my mind, you know, are my activities in harmony with the vision of God's will for me today? You know, who am I going to be today? God, please direct me in that. Because my whole reality only exists in my mind. And if my mind constantly tells me to worry and control, uh, then I'm going to worry and uh, try to uh, operate uh, my my family members like uh, I'm a puppeteer, <laughs> but my prayer meditation are techniques that interrupt my mind. They interrupt it and they redirect it, and they give me um, an elevated way of thinking um, about God's vision. You know, to think about God's vision and be directed by that. The whole problem was that I needed a spirit-guided mind. I needed a new mind, and I was able to get that through the process of the 12 steps. But there is no graduation. It is constant growth, 
constant practice and discipline uh, because there's not a spiritual part of the program. It is a spiritual program. The whole thing is spiritual. And so, you know, right from the get-go upon awakening when my eyes open up, you know, let my thinking be directed. Most people don't hear God audibly. We hear God through our thinking. Um, so uh, this allows me to make conscious contact and have that direction for the day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And now we'll have Mary, and if time allows, we'll have Dawn D. And Katie, thank you so much. If you could time me, because I don't have a timer, and I hope you okay. can hear me. You can hear yes. me good. Yes. Um, I just wanted to ask Katie first. I played the recording of this back twice, and the number from yesterday is wasn't given out. So if you do have it at the end of the meeting, it's so vital for me. I so appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. It's Mary uh, A. I'm so used to saying New Jersey from the other programs, but Mary A., I, a recovering compulsive overeater and God in abstinence and all of you, the most important things. And I haven't shared on this line for so long. I have uh, been going through quite a time, but just want to thank all of you for being here. Um, I've learned these three, starting my fourth year, I can't believe this. Uh, I have learned so much from you guys. And I know it's God just speaking through all of you that it is such a, you know, a God program for me. And, you know, I ask God and to direct my thinking. And you know, when I think of that, I think of the big book. And the big book tells us, so therefore, where is our problem? What is our problem? Our problem centers in the mind. And what is my mind all about? My mind is all about one word. Like I remember the first man sharing all about thinking. And you know, I'm, I'm trained in the self-help mental after psychiatric care, having had many breakdowns and usually just use my brain. I'm not medicated for now 35, 40 years for that because I'm trained how to think, and it's it's just so beautiful. And I know that there's only two ways of thinking, insecurely or securely. And when I think of those words, when my doctor pointed them out to me, they mean more to me than negative or positive because I know what it is to feel insecure, but I have to remind myself all the time that the reason I'm feeling insecure is because I'm thinking insecure. And that balance in my mind is the same emotional balance that I want from the 11th step that can only come through if I'm thinking securely. And, you know, uh, there's a girl on this line when she shared what her sponsor said about the third step. And, you know, uh, and I just, and that's how I start my day. And I'm I'm glad that somebody pointed out we all have different ways to approach this because I, too, am not a night person. I am more a morning person. But like this morning, I woke up still with a huge problem from yesterday. I got up and wrote a two-page letter to my neighbor for the problem yesterday. Last week, a man verbally attacked me at my church, and it was just so unbelievable where his thinking is coming from. But if it wasn't for you guys, instead of wanting to attack him or feel hurt or sorry, the first thing I said because of my thinking when I really learned about the big book is, what was my part in this? And was able to see clearly, I really didn't have a part in it, but obviously I was misunderstood. So thanks for listening. 
Okay, thank you so much, Mary. And um, I'm sorry, but we don't have time. Don D. Hopefully, you can um, um, you can stick around for the second hour. So, um, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Well, Martha Z, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Katie, my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of a happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.